You get a cleaner, you lose a cleaner. You get a VA, you lose a VA. You just can't seem to get control of your turnover. I know the feeling. I've been there, and I want to talk to you today about two very simple things you can do to eliminate or reduce your turnover. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value-packed membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month, and you get access to me my podcast guests, you get to be a part of our amazing private community, you get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course, and maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey, what's going on, guys? Kyle Stanley here with the Fearless Investor Podcast. And uh, today is a solo podcast, and I want to do more of these types of podcasts. I'm I'm finding um, a lot of people recently have been asking me about team and how to get better people and how to hold on to people and, hey, how do you lead your team and how do you attract good people? And uh, I just can't seem to uh, you know, remove myself from the business. I'm working too much in my business. I want to work more on my business. And, uh, and the only answer to that is team, right? And so, you know, but I also just want everyone to know, like, you can ask me anytime you have topics, anytime you have questions to talk about this, because I, like I said, I want to do more solo podcasts. I want to do more of these where I'm just talking about a specific topic that I'm, you know, really experience or passionate about and team and turnover. And I, I have so much experience in this realm. And I'm going to give you a few stories today that that really uh, get my wheels turning on how I can help you. But if you have something else that you're like, hey, I just don't see you or I don't see anyone else talking about this. I really want this to be something that you dedicate an entire podcast to. Do me a favor. Email me info at fearlesskyle.com info at fearlesskyle.com. And I would love to know what I can help you with. You know, th that's the whole reason I did this podcast. The whole reason I started this podcast was A, to connect with great people that I wouldn't usually be able to connect with and B, to provide value to those that are just looking to be able to grow a business. It was a podcast like this one that got me into real estate. Like I, I believe that if you take, you should also be giving back. And so I just feel the, the very strong need to want to do that. And so, but again, I can't, give you guys what you want if you don't tell me what you need. So that would be great if you could email me and let me know. And just, you know, in the subject, maybe put something like uh, podcast idea or podcast topic, something like that. Also, just really quickly, life update, um, life and business update. I'll go ahead and, and let you guys know. So we're here in May of 2023, uh, having a phenomenal month of May. 
from a business standpoint, we've already grossed over $215,000 in this month. Our biggest month ever is $230,000, which was in July of 22. So a lot of people that are like, hey, is Airbnb dead? Like we have less properties this year than we did in July of 2022. And we're doing more in May of 2023 than we did in July of 2022, which is our peak month. So why is that? It's because we made a really concerted effort at the beginning of 2023. We said, hey, we're seeing too many of these properties that are just the average, you know, two bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, two bath, even four bedroom, two bath that do pretty pretty well here in Fresno. We saw a lot of those properties that were doing well a couple of years ago really starting to just, you know, get from going at 90% occupancy at $140 a night to now, you know, 70% occupancy at $125 a night. And we saw that drop and we said, okay, if we want to really be efficient and effective, we have to start making some people unhappy, right? We had to make a few calls and say, hey, we're, we're just not able to take on this property anymore. So we got rid of some of the fat. We're still doing that. That's an ongoing process. That wasn't just a overnight, you know, we dropped 20 properties. We dropped about seven or eight properties and we added on since the beginning of this year, actually about five or six that are just top 5% in our portfolio. You know, look, one of them looks like a castle on the lake. The other one is a three bedroom, two bath with a, a pool that we were able to add one more bedroom and convert a den into a fourth bedroom and just getting crazy good rates on that one. Sometimes upwards of $400 a night in Fresno, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, so we're we're really that was our big push for the year. Um, that's a quick business update, life update. It's been fun being a dad. Um, we're now at month three, week fifteen, about to be week week sixteen of Madeline Joy being around. And man, I got to tell you, you know, everyone says that life changes when when you uh, have a kid, and and that was an understatement. You know, I got to tell you, and being completely transparent here, like. Finding motivation to go out and work right now is tough because A, I'm tired. Yeah, let's just be honest. Um, and then B, um, I just want to like stare at my daughter all day long. <laughs> so that's my motivation right now. But there's a season for everything, right? And I I built a business for this reason, right? Like I had to examine as well, like, oh man, I feel guilty that I'm not working hard. And then I realized like, wait, 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 just a second. I built a business to provide for my family and to provide for my unborn daughter at the time. And now that she's born, my whole goal was to be a present father, both providing financially and providing with my time. And so I shouldn't feel guilty about that. I, I should be built very feel very happy about that because I've built a couple businesses that maintain themselves, whether I put work into them or not, and then they can grow when I jump back into them. So that's where I'm at. Um, but Anyway, I know you came here today because you want to learn these two, let's call them tricks, tips, hacks into being able to reduce your turnover. And I want to give you those today just based on a few experiences I've had. And, you know, I want to first of all tell you, you know, the easiest way to fix turnover is with building culture in your business. Um, And I'm I'm not going to get into that a whole lot today. That's not one of the tricks or tips, but it's something that you hear about all the time, right? Like, Create a great culture and people will want to stick around. And so, you know, some ways that you can do that team get togethers, um, you know, we do like team parties. We actually just had a taco Tuesday as a team and we brought all the cleaners and invited everyone on the team to come out. Uh, we, we do, you know, a lot of reach out uh, to the team individually. Like I'll call the team, I'll call a random cleaner, I'll call a random 
handyman, I'll call one of my employees and, and I, I'll just say, hey, you know, and, and, you know, when I'm first getting to know them, I'll just get to know them, get to know their goals. But then I'll check in and I'll just say, hey, you know, how are things going? Like, what can we do to, to make life a little bit better? And just giving them a place, a uh, platform to, to be heard, right? Um, and then the last one is really just creating a place that they can build culture without you being the center. So we have a WhatsApp group. The cleaners are a part of that WhatsApp group and they're posting funny videos. They're posting goofy things as they're cleaning the properties. Um, and we see the, the craziest stuff in there. But, you know, they all feel like they really know each other before even meeting in person. And then we do these team get togethers and they meet in person. So, you know, if you're not doing any of that stuff with your team or if you're not building that right and, and starting to create a culture, then, you know, the, the stuff that I give you today doesn't really matter because what I'm going to give you is strategical. I feel like what, what's his face? Will Ferrell doing uh, George Bush strategery. That's, that's the plan here. Strategery. Uh, no, but so if you're not doing this, these things, these, or sorry, if you are doing these strategical things that I'm going to give you today, but you're not creating culture, then at the end of the day, you're still going to have turnover issues. But if you want to really start to reduce turnover, Here's the two things. So number one, we don't want to complicate things. And number two, we want to have a very set onboarding process. So let me go into that just a little bit deeper. So um, I'll start with a quick story. As a lot of you know, I used to be in an MLM and it was called Avocare. It was awesome. I still take the products today. But one of the things that, you know, I started when I was 26. It was the first time I ever heard the term passive income. I was very immature in my business development at that time. Um, I know I now know 20 year olds today that have more business maturity than I did at the age of 26, which is just crazy to me. Uh, because today I look at myself, I'm like, man, if I could go back, you know, just like what everyone says, if I can go back and teach myself at 12 years old, at 15 years old, at 20 years old, what I know today, you know, uh, but it, we go through these experiences for a reason, right? So when I was in this MLM, basically the whole idea of an MLM, a multi-level marketing company is it's multi-levels you not only uh, sell the product or the service, but you also recruit people to also sell and use the product or service themselves, which whether you agree with that or not, it's not up for debate right now. What I learned though in this business was a lot of leadership qualities. And one of the things that I learned was, man, I just had tons of turnover. I could recruit anyone like no one's business i was always one of the top recruiters whenever they would do like the the bi-weekly boards they would be like okay you know jen had two uh stacy had one debbie had three and kyle had seven like wait how did you do that kyle and i would always be like yeah you know i'm just always talking about it but i was always bringing in seven and losing six and bringing in 10 and losing nine and you know it it was always this turnover so Relating that to right the Airbnb business, right? Do you ever feel like you're bringing in uh, six cleaners and losing four? Or do you feel like you're bringing in one cleaner and losing another? Or feel like you're bringing in a handyman and losing another handyman, right? Like those are the things that I kind of equate it to today. And one of the reasons that I did not hold on to people was because I complicated things. Instead of just saying, here's what you do, A, B, C, here's a resource, go watch it and you'll get a lot more clarity right? Making it easy. I got on 30, 45 hour long phone calls with these people, which is not passive, by the way, it was very active. And I just, I, I just made them become overthinkers, right? I just like you take someone, think about, I'm a baseball player. I love baseball. Uh, well, I was a baseball player, I should say. 
love baseball and and you think about someone with just a good raw swing who is you know they're hitting home runs they're in triple a and you bring them up to the majors and you try to fix six things all at once what are they going to do they're going to struggle they're going to become insecure because they're like wait i was having success in the minors and now i'm being told to change all these things and now i don't know was i successful or was i not was and they they start to you know second guess themselves and number two is that you give them so many things to work on at once they can't comprehend all of that right like if i tell you and you in baseball players will follow me on this if i tell you stop dropping your hands you know stop uh opening your hips too soon and all this stuff and you do it try to do it all at once you can't your mind can't take on all those things all at once but if i could tell you hey here's one thing to work on here's one thing to focus on and keep keep it simple if i had done that in my mlm business if i had just said instead of getting on a 45 minute phone call but instead said hey go talk to three people this week and watch this video. It'll give you some good direction on how to be able to talk to people. Come back to me whenever you have any questions, right? That's simple. That's a, And there's a resource included with that. The second reason that I had a bunch of turnover in my MLM business was I didn't have a good onboarding process. I would bring on people and depending on what was on my mind that day is what I would talk to them about, right? Like, oh, hey, you know, so I just had a conversation, yada, yada, yada. Here's how I could have done better. Or, hey, uh, okay, tell me about these people. Tell me about these people. Who are you going to go talk to? And and I would, instead of just coming to the table with, here's the next steps. One, you're going to put together a list. Two, you're going to pick up that uh, the phone and call everyone that is top 10 on that list. Number three, you're going to call me and tell me how all those phone calls go. Number four, you know, instead of doing that, Right. I just I just gave a bunch of information and hoped that they could translate it and go and do it. And this is why I got a lot of people that would be really excited coming into it. They'd be like, wow, you know, you're making an extra thousand bucks a month and not doing a whole lot of work. I'd love to do that. Right. And and then they would come and they'd be like, whoa, no, that's actually a lot of work. And they would get deflated. And so I look back on that experience and I said, okay, well, I'm starting this Airbnb business. So, you know, fast forward to 2019, I'm starting this Airbnb business. I need to recruit people. I need to bring in people if I'm going to make this successful. So what I do want to do is I want to use the same recruiting skills that I had in that business. But what I don't want to do is I want, I don't want to lose people. I want to bring people in and keep them, hold on to them. So what did I do? I learned from those two mistakes. I decided not to complicate it in the beginning. And I decided to provide them with an onboarding process. So let's take, for example, the cleaners. I kept it simple by providing a checklist. Here's where you're going to start. You're going to start with the laundry. First thing you're going to do when you come into the house, you're going to strip the beds. You're going to start with the laundry. Then you're going to do blah, 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 blah. And then you finish with the floors. And by the time the floors are done, everything in the house is done and you can lock up and leave. And they just went by a checklist, right? They just were, instead of me going in there and being like, well, you know, in this situation, I might start with yada, yada. And, you know, of course, there's a rule and there's an exception to everything. But when you start giving people all of these if-then statements in the beginning, like, oh, if there was, it looks like there was a party, then you want to do this. Or if it looks clean, you want, that, that's too much information. Just tell them to follow a checklist. I gave them a resource, a checklist, very simple. I laminated it. I gave him a little dry erase marker and I said, just check off each one. And then when you're done, you take a photo of it, you send it to me and that's your time card, right? That's what I did. It was just a very simple checklist. The, the second thing I did is I trained them hands-on. One cleaning, 
I did for them and they saw me and, you know, we would like start a room and I said, okay, I'll go into this room and here's what I start with. And, and, you know, we would kind of do it together, but they would mainly be watching me. The second one, I would just sit on the couch and say, okay, go for it. And I would watch them do the cleaning. I'd watch them use the checklist. I'd watch them start with everything. I'd watch how they were folding the laundry. I would watch how they were doing every single piece to be able to provide the type of follow-up or not follow-up, the type of feedback that would allow them to know, am I successfully doing this or do I need to make some tweaks? Now, that's a very simple onboarding process, right? I give a checklist. I do the first cleaning with them where they see me do most of it. They do a little bit. And then the second one, they do all of it. I just watch them do it. And then I looked at the results and guess what? It worked. Cleaners, they were staying on. My first cleaner became my COO. For those of you that don't know the story, my very first cleaner was cleaning four bedroom houses for pennies on the dollar just because mainly I didn't know what to pay her. I had never paid anyone for a cleaning. And she now today is one of, she is my right hand woman in the business. And the reason that she stayed was because I kept things simple for her. Then when she brought on people, right, then she was able to repeat that process. She didn't have to go back and think like, oh, what did Kyle tell me here? Or what do we do? No, it was just, it was very simple. She went and did a cleaning that I, or that uh, the, the new cleaner would watch her do. And then she would go watch that cleaner do it. And she gave him the checklist. Simple as that. Like how, usually the most viable answer to anything is the simplest is the simplest option, right? We try to overcomplicate things. We try to make things really, really complex. You ever have those aha moments from people that you really look up to and you're like, whoa, it was as simple as that? That's the difference between them and I is just that very simple thing, right? It's not this overcomplicated, like need to go do soul searching, be like Aaron Rodgers and go and do a, a retreat kind of thing, right? No, no, you're just... We're just learning very simple things here. So that was the first story there. The next story was about a year later, all right? And so I'm, I'm sharing these stories for a very specific reason, and I want you guys to really hear this. So I hired three VAs. So I already had th this cleaning thing figured out, right? We were getting cleaners. We were holding on to them. Unless they were just performing poorly, they were staying on the team. Then the next thing was we're at 30 properties, and we can't handle all this guest communication. We have to hire VAs, virtual assistants, for those of you that don't know what VAs are. So I hired three VAs. In one year, I lost three VAs. That is a 100% turnover rate for those of you that don't know <laughs> or don't have the, your calculator out. Why was that? Well, because I was making the same mistakes as when I was in my MLM, all right? I complicated it and I didn't provide a structured onboarding process. It was as simple as that. I would just bring them in and say, okay, you have Airbnb experience, so you know how to do this. I'm going to add you as a co-host and, you know, um, just go ahead and start responding to guests. And then I'd be upset with like, why is it taking you 30 minutes to respond? And wait, why did you say that? That doesn't, and I realized like, well, just because you know how to do Airbnb doesn't mean that you know how to respond to guests the way that I like. Doesn't mean that you know that because this property is located at 123 Main Street, that it's only half a mile away from a Starbucks. Like it, you, you don't know these things. So what have I done? I've complicated it for you because I well, really, I oversimplified it and therefore made it complicated, right? Because they were just guessing at what they were supposed to say. And because they didn't know what my standards were, because we didn't have an onboarding process, 
They just figured, okay, this guy's chill, so I'm just going to respond whenever I feel like it. And that wasn't the case. So what did I learn from that mistake? Well, I, I changed in year two. I, I was actually at a, um, oh, I can't remember the event, but I was at an event and someone said, the reason that your VAs are not, oh, no, no, it wasn't an event. I actually signed up for uh, an educational um, mastermind. And I, the reason I signed up for it is I said, I just can't figure out how I'm going to be able to get from 30 to 60 to 70 properties and beyond because we're kind of tapped out. We're at our max. And as soon as I got in there, they said, you need to be able to provide, they called it a playbook. I now call it a company manual. You need to provide a playbook to your team so that if you were to die tomorrow, they could read through the playbook and know how to run your business. It's like, oh, there's that resource. And then I thought back, I'm like, wait, that's exactly what I do for my cleaners. I give them a checklist. They do the job well. If I didn't give them a checklist, then they probably wouldn't do the job well. Why would I expect anything differently from VAs? This is a very comprehensive checklist, right? Because it's a company manual. Any of you that have had a corporate job know that you are go, you go through training and it's usually based on a company manual. And so I had to spend over 100 hours making this company manual and trying to make it as simple as possible. I just sit there and I really had to ask myself, okay, I have all these feelings inside about how and why I respond in a certain way to a guest, but I need to change those feelings into systems. So I would literally sit down and I would say, okay, let's see, what would a guest ask? Okay, a guest asked for a discount. How would I respond to that? And I usually respond with, well, how much of a discount are you looking for? Okay, why would I respond with that? I respond with that because if they are within about five to 10% of the original price, I'm okay with that. And then I can go for it. But if they're not, then I'm going to negotiate to go about 10% of the original price. And so all I had to do was think about that and say, okay, now let's put that into a system. Let's type that out. Let's put it into the quote unquote playbook or company manual. And I literally did that for about, man, 40, 50 different systems. And I created all these resources. I created more checklists. I created templates. I created everything. It took so much time. What happened was I now had that resource that simplified this process so that when a VA came on and they got a question from a guest that said, hey, can I get a discount? All they had to do was go over to the company manual and you know, uh, command F uh, discount and boom, there's discounts. Oh, okay. So when a guest asks for a discount, here's what I say. And they could just copy and paste these responses until they eventually got to the answer of either accepting or declining the guess. That was how we were able to simplify this process. But the onboarding process, right? Because I can't just give a resource and say, good luck. I have to have an onboarding process too. So what do we do? We put them on as co-hosts for five days before their actual initiation date so that they could watch us and just see how we're responding to things and start to even cross-reference that with the company manual. Okay, so you know um, this guest just tried to request to stay, and there was a very specific message that was sent. Let me see if I can cross-reference that and look at the company manual and see if that's the same. Oh, look, it's the same. It's the exact same message in the company manual as I'm seeing right here. And we simplified it because every single time they could see like, wow, all I really needed to do is just know how to use copy and paste 90% of the time and the other 10% of the time I need to use a little bit of critical thinking, right? So that was the first step was uh, first five days they're added as co-hosts. Along with that, we gave them a set, uh, it was about three videos of training. 
And those three videos of training really just went into what is your day-to-day -day going to look like and what are the ways and, and how do you use this company manual? How do you understand how to be able to use it in order to accomplish your daily routine? And then that was the last resource I gave them in the uh, onboarding process was a daily checklist. Here's every day. When you log in, here's what you're going to do. You're going to first of all check in uh, by messaging us on WhatsApp saying, hey, checking in. And then you're going to go over to your daily VA notes. You're going to open that up. You're going to create a new copy of that. You're going to have that open so that as you're going through, you're making notes on those daily VA notes. And, th and this is, they literally just come in, they follow this checklist and they get to work with the company manual, right? And, and the training videos and the five days of being a coach, that's all part of that onboarding process. So what happened? Well, as I told you in year one, when we had no onboarding process, no company manual, we fired and hired three people. Then in year two, we hired four and kept three. We only had a 25% turnover rate versus the 100% turnover rate in year one. Pretty amazing, right? And the only difference, the only difference was that we had a simple resource to show them how to do the job. And then we had a very duplicatable, I think duplicatable is the right word, not just simple, because I wouldn't call our onboarding process necessarily simple. It's a lot, it's time consuming, but it's duplicatable because it was three steps, checklist, videos, get added as a co-host. That's duplicatable. That's easy. All right. So, you know, as you're hearing, right, have a resource and keep onboarding simple. So what I also want to just talk about really quick here, if you notice a lot of what I'm talking about is I'm, I'm doing the things and they're watching, right? I really believe a good leadership model is a lot like John Maxwell's five steps of his leadership process. John Maxwell, if you don't know him, great leadership coach. Um, one of the main reasons, uh, one of the main people that I listen to really when it comes to leadership and building a team. But he, his five steps are as follows. I do it, number one. Two, I do it, you watch. Three, you do it, I watch. Four, you do it, and then five, you do it, and someone else watches. So let me let me take you through that really quick here because I do it. Let's just talk about cleaners, right? I cleaned my properties first. Step one, I learned how to do it. I went in there and said, how do I clean this property in the most efficient and effective way? And I learned that. So that's number one. Number two, I said, I, I can't clean all my properties. I'm now up to three properties. What if we have three turnovers in one day? I can't do that. So I need to hire a cleaner. So I do it, but you watch me. You watch me do this. And maybe you get your hands dirty and do a little bit with me too. But most of step number two is you're just going to watch me clean. Number three, now I'm going to watch you while you do it. I'm just going to, that's step number three, just watching you. Are you doing it right? Giving you a little bit of feedback. And then number four, I'm just going to let you do it on your own. I'm going to give you full trust. You go do it. The way that we're going to be able to monitor this, right, is maybe you send me some photos um, of the place. Maybe I just look at reviews of all of your clean reviews on Airbnb, and that's and every month I'll go in and do a quality check. Like that's that's how I'm going to give you trust is check but verify, right? So that's number four as you do it. And now you've gotten so good at this that we're going to restart that process, and you're going to do it, and someone else watches you, and we restart that right? We're now getting to the point where you're now teaching other people. So this is how I was able to duplicate my entire business to now my COO. 
every single thing. I was just one step ahead of her on everything. Guys, I brought on my COO when I had property number one um, and I was getting property number two and three. I was onboarding property number two and three as I was getting my COO, but she was only a cleaner. So I learned the cleaning process. I went through those five steps. I do it. I do it. You watch. You do it. I watch. You do it. And then you do it and someone else watches. Then I did that with her with co-hosting. I, sh I showed her how to be able to start messaging guests and start doing that. I do it. I do it. You watch. You do it. I watch. You do it. Then you do it and someone else watches. She then onboarded a new person to help us with that who is now our cleaning manager today. And she taught that cleaning manager how to clean. She taught that cleaning manager how to respond to messages. She taught that cleaning manager what our process was for handymen and for filing claims and everything because we went through this process. I started and she followed, okay? So that goes a lot deeper into why I'm doing all of this, but I just wanted to give you that little additional bonus insight that a lot of you are just onboarding people with no resource, no onboarding process, and you're skipping to number four. You're just saying, go do it, right? You're skipping, I, I mean, maybe you've done it, right? But you haven't done the I do it and you watch, and you haven't done the you do it and then I watch. You're just skipping straight to you do it. I trust you, go for it. I think you can do it. You're smart, you can figure it out. It's not gonna work. I don't care how smart they are, it's not going to work. So I hope this was helpful today. I'm, I'm not gonna speak anymore about this. I don't wanna complicate this anymore. <laughs> Let's keep it simple, right? Very simple, have a resource so that you don't have a complicated um, start to this relationship and have a very simple onboarding process. If this was helpful, I would love, A, if you would share it with someone, especially in the Airbnb space, share it with them, share the link. If it's a YouTube video, if it's the podcast, um, you can share that as well. And no matter which one you're on, podcast or YouTube channel, leave a comment or a review. YouTube, very easy, leave a comment, star, like, like the, the video, and then on the podcast, if you can leave a five-star review and tell me exactly what you got out of this podcast, I'd love, love, love if you could do that. This helps us tremendously, helps me tremendously to get out to more people to uh, just make us a better community, right? I have a, a strong mission and the whole reason, a lot of people ask me like, why do you have a YouTube channel and a podcast if you are already a successful host? Well, first of all, why not? let's be honest, multiple streams of income, right? That's that's what we teach, multiple streams of income. Uh, but second, if I can help someone while also monetizing that, that's pretty cool. And so if we can make everyone better as better hosts with better education, and it's free, by the way, right? I only get paid because you, you watch this, right? Like that's pretty cool. So if you can do that, if you can share this with someone and it gets more solid information out to other people so we can become better hosts together. So we are not just super hosts, but a super community. That's going to help us to be able to get our really reputation out from under us, right? A lot of people coming into the Airbnb and the short-term rental space, not knowing what they're doing. I'm not calling anyone out or saying anything bad about all of you. It's just, you don't know what you don't know. And so if you can educate yourself and become a better host, you become a better community member, which means that we keep the strength of this industry alive. So that's going to do it here for the Fearless Investor Podcast, where I'm helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. 
Hey, Fearless Investor community, thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals. Thank <laughs> you.